Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our walk series, which looks at different Bible verses that mention the conduct that we're to have as Christians. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, um, whether you're here or at home, let me just tell you real quick that uh, I'm excited about the message tonight. I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians in chapter number 5, and uh, we're trying to keep things familiar. As I said, there's a few staff folks here, so you're going, if you're online, you're going to see me kind of looking around. Uh, that's to just kind of keep me normal, because this is going to be different uh, speaking to a camera the entire night. Uh, but I'm looking forward to our time in the Word of God. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to the passage. Many of you know that I grew up with two older sisters. Of course, I tell people that I grew up with three moms, because uh, Dina, she's eight years older than me. Dawn's 11 years older than me, and of course my mom is <clears throat> that years older than me, and I won't tell you how many years older my mom is than me, but because um, she's watching tonight, and so I want to uh, I want to tell you I grew up with three moms, and they all always really barked orders and and were really bossy, and it just caused a a, a lot of trauma in my life, and. Uh, all right, anyway, I, I loved having my sisters and my mom at home, but you know, one thing my sisters always did, especially uh, when I was about eight, nine years old, and they, of course, had moved away, when they would come back, we'd be driving down the road, and uh, maybe you've seen uh, road signs as you're traveling along, and my sisters, they had this, this uh, joke that they would always do. They would look at a certain road sign that we'd be passing, and they'd say, hey, look, Dennis, they put your name on that sign. And this was always the sign they were referring to. It was that sign that says, dip. My sisters would always go, look, they put your name up on that sign. And of course, you know, being nine or ten years old, my only uh, comeback at them was, oh no, it's, it's your name. They just, it's your name. And I never, really never had anything to say to them. But, you know what, following that dip sign, there was usually a sign like this one. Proceed with caution. It wasn't a person's name that they were putting on the sign. They put the sign up, dip, because in front of you, there was probably a dip in the roadway, and they didn't want you to bottom out on your car or something like that. And so following that, then they put this sign, proceed with caution. Tonight, as we come into Ephesians chapter number 5, our next study in our walk series, we've been learning about how to live as a Christian. We've talked about uh, living humbly. We've talked about walking in truth. Uh, we've talked through some different things. And tonight, we're going to come... To one, that if I could title the message, it would be Proceed with Caution. And that's the idea of what it means to walk circumspectly. And the passage, Ephesians chapter number 5, if you have, if you have it there, I want you to take your Bible and look with me. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 15. It says this, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 15 again, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Tonight I want us to look at this idea of what it means to walk 
circumspectly. We've already prayed, and so we'll just get right into the message tonight. That word circumspectly, if you were to look up some definitions for it, you would see that it means to uh, walk exactly or accurately or diligently or to uh, walk carefully. It's actually the root word for it is the word, uh, I think I got this on there, the root word for it is the word akribos, where we get our word acrobat. And uh, an acrobat, it means to be aware of what's happening, or to be careful, or to uh, take a, a careful observation. I don't know if you've ever watched ac an acrobat perform, but I've never seen an acrobat go into their performance and just do it, you know, kind of half-heartedly or flippantly, just kind of walking around and not caring if they have the powder on their hands or what they're going to be doing. I've never watched an acrobat do that. They approach each and every step and each and every move with caution and with precision. And that's the idea that Paul has as he writes to the church at Ephesus about the walk or the life, the, the everyday living of a Christian. He says you need to walk through life or live through life like an acrobat, would approach the stand. You need to do it with observation. He was challenging them to have a serious walk. He was challenging them uh, to approach each and every step in life and really uh, each and every decision in life with great caution. And so just as the church of Ephesus was challenged to take their walk with God in all seriousness and to approach it with observation and to take careful observation of decisions they make or they made, even so tonight, we're going to be challenged in our walk as a Christian to walk circumspectly, to walk with careful observation. And so tonight, I want you to, uh, if you're here and you have a handout or you're at home, you can just take a pen and paper. And I want to talk with you very quickly about what it means to walk circumspectly. I want us, first of all, to notice the cause for walking circumspectly, the cause for walking circumspectly. As we come to our passage in Ephesians chapter number 5, we see where Paul wrote the word, see then. That phrase, see then, it means because of this. Because of this. Here's what Paul is saying. He, he's been, of course, going through, and we know the church in Ephesus. If you've been in our church for any length of time, we've, we've studied that out. We've gone through, of course, in, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter number 19. Uh, we see all the things that take place in Ephesus. But just, just suffice to say that Ephesus was a church that they were going through challenges, and Ephesus was a church that even though uh, they, would, they would be a church that God would use, they still needed this encouragement. And, and so Paul would write to them the book of Ephesians, the letter of Ephesians, and the first three chapters is really him saying, here's what we believe. The last three chapters, Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, are him saying, here's how what we believe should affect your life. It's kind of like the book of Romans. Romans 1 through 11 is what we believe. Romans 12 through 16 is how it should affect our life. The same thing is in the book of Ephesians. Well, if you were to go, you would find that for the majority of the first few chapters of Ephesians, and then even here in Ephesians chapter number 5, Paul is writing about the significance of what salvation does for a believer. That, hey, you have Jesus Christ, and you were darkness, but now you're light, and you're born into the family, and because of that, it should affect the way you speak. Let or speak. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, Ephesians 4, uh, 29. It should affect bitterness in my life. So he's going through and saying, hey, you have salvation, and here's how it should affect your life. The word see then, because of this, he's connecting those thoughts again. He's saying, hey, because of some things, you need to then walk circumspectly. Well, what are the causes or why should we do that? First of all, because of salvation. Hey, because you know Christ as your Savior, walk circumspectly. 
Take observation. Be careful about the decisions you make and the direction you go. If you were to go to Ephesians 5.8, you read this. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We covered that verse a few weeks ago, what it means to walk as children of light. That we were in darkness and sin, and before we knew Christ, man, we were sinners. Before we knew Christ, uh, we were in that darkness, and really there was no other, uh, no other choice. But once you receive Christ as your Savior, you're made light. And Paul is connecting these thoughts now and bringing to the fact that before we're in Christ, we're in darkness. But now that you're in Christ, you're in light. Because of that... Walk with careful observation about your decisions. I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a familiar verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's right. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And say with me, behold, all things are become new. Man, everything becomes new in my life once I receive Christ. And so he's, he's trying to write to them, hey, you need to walk circumspectly. Well, all right, Paul, why? See then, because of this. Because of what? Because you're saved. Because you know Christ is your Savior, go through life with careful observation. He's basically saying, uh, you know, everything I've covered up till now, because of all of these reasons, and because you know Christ, and you are light, you can, are a follower of God, because of that, because you know Him, and walk, as, walk circumspectly. We're, first of all, we should walk circumspectly because we are saved, but secondly, because others are watching us. And because others are, are, are watching I would think that, and again, we're not going to go back. We don't have the time. I guess we do have the time because you're at home, most of you. So uh, we really don't have the time to do it tonight. But we, we aren't going to go back and see all these connecting thoughts. But when Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, much of his concern about their testimony was because of people that were watching them. Paul knew that how you live and the decisions you make, man, that is going to impact people's observation of you, and that in turn is going to impact how people think about or look at Christ. And so I think about the verse, Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It doesn't say that they may see your good works and glorify you and how great of a person you are. It says, hey, if your decisions, Jesus is speaking in Matthew 5, your decisions affect people's opinion of God. And so when we look at this, we need to understand one of the great reasons, and Paul's been writing about this in Ephesians 1, chapter 1 through chapter 4, saying your life is going to affect other people's uh, uh, perception of who God is. And so that's another great reason to walk circumspectly. You think about this, number one, I believe that people are watching, uh, people who don't know Jesus are watching, all right, unbelievers, people who don't believe in Christ, they're watching you. I think right now, uh, during this pandemic, right now, it's kind of the elephant in the room. We're, we're not here tonight. Everything's kind of awkward. We're, we're going through so many different changes within our world and our culture and our own uh, society here in Moses Lake and our surrounding communities. You know what? There are people watching how you and I respond to this. And there are people watching that if we're going to you know, be one that lives in fear and, and, well, I just can't make any. There's, there's, uh, there's knowledge with living with caution. And we need to remember to live with caution. That's why we're doing some of our live stream uh, services. The next few services is because we want to have a cautious approach. But you know what? If, if there's a Christian out that's just wigging out and, and going uh, fear crazy and, and believing every conspiracy theory out there and following all that stuff, unbelievers are going to be watching that. 
you know what? I need to walk circumspectly. Why? Because people are watching. My testimony matters. Uh, believers are watching. Also, believers are watching. And I don't know about you, but one of the hardest things about not gathering everybody together and not coming together as a church is I miss the fellowship. I was thinking about it this afternoon, and, and many of you know me. I'm, I'm soft-hearted. I cry easily, and if I talk too much about it, I'll cry now. Uh, but I, I love being with our church. I love, I love seeing people, and, and uh, I know everybody's, again, shaking hands, but I love shaking someone's hand, giving someone a hug. Hey, man, how's your week going? What's going on? You know what? We watch each other. We pay attention to each other, and, and that, should have, that should be one of the reasons that we walk circumspectly is because there's people. There's believers and unbelievers watching us and, and creating an opinion, not about you and me, but creating an opinion about God. And so we need to remember to walk circumspectly because of these reasons. Well, what reasons, Paul? Well, because of salvation. Because others are watching, but then also because the enemy is attacking. In this passage, and again, we're not going to uh, take time to belabor the point, but Paul talks much about the light versus the darkness and the struggle that's there. And, and if you were to go and you would find in verse number, uh, verse number 10, it says, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and having no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it's a shame even to speak of those things, which none of them in secret, but all things are reproved or made manifest by light, whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. He's talking about that, that struggle of light versus darkness. Well, we know, and you can go back and, and read the first four chapters, Paul knows that the attack of the devil was happening against Ephesus. And you can go in the, the Ephesians worshiping the goddess Diana and everything that took place. And so Paul's trying to encourage them and challenge them. Listen, you have Christ, you're saved, people are watching you, but you need to walk circumspectly because the devil's going to attack you. And the devil's going to use anything he can uh, to attack our faith, and he doesn't want us to walk circumspectly. You know what? The devil does not want you to walk with careful observation about your decisions and where you're going and how you use your time and your words and your actions. The devil doesn't want you to, to be careful in that. He actually wants you to stumble. He wants you to trip up. He wants you to mess up. He wants you to fall. Uh, because the truth is that the devil hates you and I, and he's out to destroy our lives. He'll do anything to get us off course of being a child of God and a follower of God. Why? Because he knows that people are watching. Because he knows that we're saved and we represent God. And he'll do anything to get us off course. And so that's just one more reason uh, to walk circumspectly. And uh, I would say even to those online or here tonight that God, God's desire, his desire for us is, hey, I want you to walk circumspectly. There's a cause for it. What's the cause? Because you're saved. Walk circumspectly because you know him. Number two, walk circumspectly because people are watching. Number three, because the enemy is attacking. Notice tonight, secondly, though, that we not only have a cause for walking circumspectly, but there's given the course. The course for walking circumspectly. All right, so here's the question. Paul, I, I want to walk circumspectly. Paul, I see the need to, if I go back and I read Ephesians 1 through 4, I'm going to discover there's a great need as a Christian. There's a great need as a, a follower of Jesus to walk circumspectly, my testimony, all those things. But Paul, how do I? How do I walk circumspectly? This is where we come specifically to our passage today. Paul says this, he says, see then, because of this, walk circumspectly. Well, how? Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Man, there's so much in this, and you read that phrase, not as fools. Well, a foolish person 
they're not going to be wise in the areas of their life. A foolish person, you go to the book of Proverbs, written much about the fool, the scoffer, uh, written much about the scorner and the, the wise and the unwise, but the foolish is a key in, in the book of Proverbs. And if you go to the book of Proverbs, what do you find? You find the fool making foolish decisions. Foolishness with their time, with their friendships, with their uh, allegiances, foolishness with their actions, with their words, a fool uttereth his mouth at all times. There's so much in there about what a fool does. And so he said, Paul says here, hey, not as fools, but as wise. What, what does this mean to be wise? One man said it this way. He said, circumspect walking is the, ref excuse me, circumspect walking is the effect of true wisdom. But contrary is the effect of folly. So a wise person, a wise Christian, is going to walk circumspectly. Well, how do I do that? Well, first of all, I've got to see, I've got to be wise with my time. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. How do I walk circumspectly? Be wise with your time. Be wise with your use of time. Redeeming the, redeeming the time, it literally means buying the opportunity. Buying back my time. What a great opportunity and asset you and I to have to serve the Lord with our time. Man, it's a, it's a great asset to us. Man, I have my time. And if you're serious about your life for the Lord, then you're not going to want to waste your time. You're going to want to use it wisely, cautiously, using your time for the Lord, observing how you use your time. Not just letting days and weeks and months pass by uh, with the idea of, well, I'll get to that someday. No, redeeming the time. I'm buying back the time. I'm making good use of that time. Uh, I think about even right now, you know, right now in everything that we're doing, uh, many of us have been given a little bit of extra time. I'll be honest with you, for me, uh, my schedule hasn't changed too much. I've still been here in the office, still been uh, dealing and talking with people and, and phone calls and studying and all that. But I've been trying to make good use of my time. And there's many of you, maybe the kids are at home and you're getting stuck at home or it's just, you know, you're off work or whatever. Listen, don't, as I said in the video we did uh, yesterday, don't just binge watch TV and wait for the next service. Man, redeem the time. Use the time to invest in your family, invest in your marriage. I'm thinking about some husbands and wives out there. Man, maybe this is from God so that you could use this time to invest in your marriage. You're thinking about some parents with their kids that, you know, I just can't wait for summer to have extra vacation or, or get some time with the kids. Man, use this time to invest in you. What are we doing? We're redeeming the time. I'm buying back the opportunity to use my time for the glory of God. You think about when your kids, those of you that have children, when your kids were small. I remember Dennis, Lena, and Micah, uh, when they were small, and we would uh, maybe go to McDonald's. Now, you know, as a church family, I don't go to McDonald's to eat food. Ice cream, yes. Food, no. Uh, even during this great apocalypse time, I won't go to McDonald's. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to go to McDonald's, though. But I remember when we went, we would take the kids, and we would go there for the purpose of letting the kids play in the playground and, and that little in-ground, or in-ground, indoor play area. And I remember having times when I would, I would holler out to the kids, all right, guys, come here. And they'd, they'd come and say, now, you have five minutes left. In five minutes, we're putting your shoes on. You know what I always realized? That when I gave them that five-minute mark, man, playing got serious. Playing got serious. It was no longer arguing about who's going down the slide or who's playing tag or whatever. It was all hands on deck. Let's try to get down the slide as many, as we many times as we can. We're going to climb up. We're going to you know climb up the tower. We're going to climb up the net. We're going to utilize our entire five minutes. And that five minutes, they played more in the five minutes, that last five minutes, than they did probably in the whole 
30 or 35 minutes up to that point. Why? Because they knew time was short. Man, can I just tell you as a church family and those of us here tonight online that if, if there's one thing that we're seeing right now, it's a great reminder that time is short. Man, life as we know it, uh, literally last week to this week, complete difference are completely different, aren't they? Man, they're completely different. We're seeing it. You could almost say we're seeing a, an alternate universe right now. You know, we're living in something that's just totally different. Well, what should the reminder be to the Christian? Hey, time is short. Time is short. So be like a child with five minutes left at McDonald's. Man, I got to get busy. I got to get to work. I've got to utilize my time wisely. One of the best ways, and really one of the most important that's spoken about here in Ephesians 5, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. How? Redeeming the time. Man, buy back that time. Use that time. I think about Psalm 90 and verse number 12, where the psalmist said, so teach us. Teach us to what? Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Hey, teach me. Lord, teach me. To understand time is short. Life is like a vapor, James said. It appears for a moment and then vanishes away. God, teach me that. Why? So that I can apply my heart unto wisdom. So that I can walk circumspectly. You know what? We need to be wise with our time. But secondly tonight, if we're going to, what's the, what's the course of walking circumspectly? Wise with our time, but then also wise with our words. Wise with our words. If you were to go uh, to, to Ephesians chapter number 4... Verse number 29, Paul wrote, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good, the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. A few minutes later, a few verses later, after our passage in verse number 19, Paul says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I would gather from these few verses and other places in here is Paul getting at the thought that words matter. And how we use our words, that matters. I'm thinking right now, one of the best ways that we can walk uh, circumspectly or carefully observing what's taking place is not only be wise with our time, but be wise with our words. Isn't it sad how we often, we miss opportunities to say the right thing, but it seems like we never miss opportunities to say the wrong thing. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm like uh, man, when in my life, man, I missed an opportunity to tell somebody something. I missed an opportunity to be an encouragement to somebody. Uh, you know, most of the time it's like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't miss that opportunity to put my foot in my mouth. I didn't miss that opportunity to say something discouraging. I didn't, I didn't miss that opportunity as a husband to say something downgrading to my wife. No, you know what? We need to make sure that let's reverse that. Let's get the opportunities using our words wisely and miss the opportunities to use them negatively. And here's what Paul is getting at in this passage. Again, talking about redeeming the time or walking circumspectly. I believe you can take the whole context of it and look around and understand Paul saying, hey, be wise with your words. Be wise with, with your, your time. But then thirdly, I want you to see, be wise with your actions. Man, be wise with your actions. I think that phrase, when you look, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, Paul, again, he's highlighting, of course, Redeeming the time because the days, there's another time significance, another, another uh, um, uh, time reference. But it says because the days are evil. Man, everything around us, culture around us is evil. And that's even uh, provides even more of a reason for a Christian to be light. 
And for a Christian to care about doing right, being right within the community. And one of the best ways for us to walk circumspectly is to be wise with our actions. When I look at this idea of walking circumspectly and not as fools but as wise, my mind goes to the book of Proverbs. What does wisdom look like and foolishness look like? And I'm reminded of this verse in Proverbs 22.3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. You know what? Someone who's walking with prudence and wisdom, they're going to be almost two or three decisions ahead of the initial decision they're about to, about to make. Well, if I make this decision, where is that taking me? Where is that, where is that leading me? Uh, what am I doing? I'm, I'm trying to do, as the uh, proverb says, keeping my heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. And so if I'm walking with prudence, I'm going to be seeing where the decisions are taking me uh, even before they happen. Well, what is that doing? That's walking circumspectly. That's someone who's not uh, just jumping from decision to decision to decision, being irrational, that's somebody who's saying, no, I'm going to walk circumspectly. Well, how do I do that? i got to be wise with my time, wise with my words, and wise with my actions. Man, how I act, the life that I live, what I do, it matters. And if you're at home, I want you to think about that. If you're here, uh, man, we, we could even say that. The, the words, my words, my time, my actions, they matter. And so every one of us, we need to realize tonight that we're being challenged. To walk circumspectly. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means we're going to walk redeeming the time. And wise with my time, wise with my words, wise with my actions. We see tonight the cause to walk circumspectly. Hey, you're saved. You know Christ is your Savior. People are watching. The devil's attacking. So walk circumspectly. Walk with careful observation. We see the course for walking circumspectly. Lastly, tonight, I want you to notice the companions for walking circumspectly. The companions for walking circumspectly. I want you to see tonight that the Lord, He doesn't ask us to do this, to walk circumspectly on our own. He doesn't say, hey, have careful observation about where you're going. Okay, have fun. God doesn't do that. No, instead, God pairs us up with something, someone. Well, who's He pair us up with? Look, if you would, at verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled. And you want to know God's given us the companion to walk circumspectly, and that's the companion of the Spirit of God. Listen, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful tonight to know that the circumstances going on right now, we're not in this alone. Like the decisions we make right now, we're not making them on our own. The test that we're being given right now, whether it's a test of our faith or our resilience or our theme to be steadfast for the Lord. That We're not on this alone. This idea of Paul writing uh, to the church at Ephesus to walk circumspectly, man, we're not in this alone. He didn't say just do it and have fun. He said, I want you to walk circumspectly. Well, how? Well, you redeem the time. Days are evil. But then verse number 18, he says, be not drunk with wine or in his excess. Hey, babe, don't be filled or controlled by other substances, other things. Controlled by the Spirit of God. You think about what the Spirit of God is for the believer. I think of John 14, 17. He's called the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, but the believer, it, it, the, the believer can receive because he, the Spirit of Truth, dwelleth in us. Think about uh, John 15, 26. He's called the Comforter. 
And the Holy Spirit is the comforter. John 16, 13, it says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He's the guider. Guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Man, God has promised to give us the Spirit of God to guide us in every decision we make. And so I'm not called to walk circumspectly to carefully observe my time, my decisions, my words, all by myself. No, I'm given the Spirit. Well, what does the Spirit of God team up with? Well, the Spirit of God teams up with the Word of God. We say it often in our church, but the Spirit of God takes the Word of God to make the child of God like the Son of God. And that's the whole thought. And you and I understand that the Holy Spirit is going to direct us to uh, internally, and He's going to direct us through His Word to help us as the people of God to become more like Jesus. I mean, that's... That's the end goal of it, right? Is for you and I to be more like Christ, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will complete it, will perform it. Uh, he'll, he'll complete that until the day of Jesus Christ. And we know in Scripture, uh, there's so many places in Scripture that tell us that we're being created and made like into the image of God. And I think of Romans chapter 8, whom he did foreknow, then he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. And so we need to know that we're not alone on this. And I'm not alone to walk circumspectly, to walk with uh, careful observation about my time, my decisions, and my words, my, my actions. God didn't say just do it on your own. He said, I'm going to give you a spirit, my spirit, and I'm going to give you the word of God. Well, what's the word of God do? I think about, uh, I didn't put the verse on here, but um, Psalm 119, 105, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, or the, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, that's 119, 105. Man, I'm so thankful that his word becomes that light for us. So God's given us the spirit of God, the word of God, but then also, I have this tonight, the believers of God. And if you go to the book of Ephesians, and really this is kind of a, taking the whole book and, and using some thoughts to apply it into these three or four verses, but Paul writes a lot about the fellowship of the believers. Man, the encouragement of other believers and what they can I said just a minute ago how, really for me, it's, it's disappointing uh, to be in here on a, on a Thursday night and not be looking and, and seeing people and talking with them and, and uh, just greeting one another, figuring out how the week's going, hearing questions, going through prayer requests, our prayer time. Man, I miss that. Why? Well, because it's just encouraging. You know what? Even though right now we're kind of facing this situation, we can still be encouraged. What does that do, man? The encouragement of believers, it helps me to carefully observe the decisions that I make. Why? Because I'm mindful. Everybody is leading someone. And everybody's leading someone. And you never know, you never know the word of encouragement that, uh, that you can bring to me or to another fellow Christian just by simply a text. Hey, here's a text message. I just want to let you know I'm praying for you today. I got a couple text messages some church family today praying for you today and what an encouragement that is to me and what a help and I know maybe the phone calls that we make to people or maybe the letters that we write or an email that we send or, or uh, you know driving by someone's house we have to have all the social distancing so knock on someone's door and back up six feet and just tell them you're praying for them I don't know but what is the thought here the thought is the fact that God has given us other believers to come alongside us and to encourage us and you think about what does that do man it helps me be careful and to carefully observe where I'm walking. 
decisions that I'm making. And so I want to tell you tonight, as we look at this encouragement from Paul, see then that you walk circumspectly. And there's really so many directions we could go. We could do a whole uh, expository study on Ephesians, and we've done that before. But just the overview, I believe that Paul is giving at this thought, hey, go through life with careful observation. Don't be negligent. Don't, don't be irresponsible with your decisions. Don't be irresponsible with the words that come out of your mouth and the actions that you say or the actions that you have. Why? Because there are people depending on you. There's the lost world. There's people that need Jesus that depend upon you. There's believers that need your encouragement. There's a devil that's going to attack you. And so, okay, how, how, do, I, how do I walk circumspectly? Be wise with your time and use your time wisely. Don't, don't waste it. Be wise with your words. Let's ask the Lord, God, help me. Help me every day to have the right words to people. And you, you husbands and wives out there, ask God, God, help me to speak truth and correctly into my spouse, into my children. Those of you with your grandkids, or uh, man, many of us, I, I know this week I have people turning to me, asking me about everything going on. I want to have wise words to respond to them. I don't want to just say, oh, well, you know, forget everything. Let's just hide away. And I don't also don't want to be like, well, let's not listen to the news. Let's not do anything about it. And I want to have God's wisdom. I want God's wisdom to give me the response. Hey, let's trust the Lord through this time. Hey, I know, I know, I may not know exactly what's going on in our culture, but I do know that God's still in control, and so we can walk with him. And what are those words? Those are encouraging words. And so I need to be wise with my words, wise with my time, wise with my actions. And during these days, don't just make flip, don't just make flippant decisions. No, instead, let's be focused and have careful observation on the decisions we make. But then lastly tonight, that thought, you're not alone in this. And you and I are not alone. We have the companion of the Spirit of God. Man, God's Spirit coming alongside to comfort my heart, to give me peace, to help me. How does he do that? He does that through his word. And God's Spirit is going to use his word to help you. Listen, let's not neglect the word of God these days. And now more than ever, we need the Word of God and prayer with God to help us use our life for God. And so I hope tonight that we'd be challenged through the Word of God, and we'd be challenged, especially during this time, as we, as we take on this uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus, man, let's, let's pray and let's ask the Lord God, help us each and every day to walk circumspectly. You're a child of God. Don't waste your time. Use it wisely. And I believe that if we can take this passage and apply it into our lives for tomorrow, for Friday, let's wake up tomorrow and walk circumspectly. I believe if we do that, man, God will use us to point other people to him. I know that's your request. I know it's my request. And so let's just, uh, let's just have a time to respond to the Lord tonight. And right there in your house or here in the auditorium, let's just have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And, and let's just take a moment. Wherever you are, let's just ask the Lord to help us to walk circumspectly. God, help me to walk circumspectly to redeem that time. God, help me to have careful observation of the decisions and the actions that I make. But then maybe tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe there's someone out there that you can't walk circumspectly with the Lord because you don't have a walk with the Lord. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Listen, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you and he gave his life on the cross.
to show you from God's word how you can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior by putting your faith and your trust in his death, burial, and resurrection. That will give you a walk with God. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.